What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by Untuckit.com, promo code HAM. And by Upstart.com, slash HAM. By LinkedIn.com, slash HAM. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. And MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Powerful day for a couple franchises, right? I mean, the, yeah. Chief, the Chiefs, it was like a religious experience given that it's been 50 years. I, I've texted with a lot of people and, and a good friend of mine, Scotty Raber, who had to go to a wedding today in Washington, D.C., uh, but he found a way to watch the game. And he texted me, I think, earlier this week. He's like, for shitty as this week has been, this is their fourth NFC championship, and if they win the game, will be their second Super Bowl in nine years. Four NFC championships and two Super Bowls in nine years. And I was thinking about it in like the third quarter. The majority of the NFL guy, the majority of the fucking NFL would sell their soul for that. I'm even talking good teams. The Saints, the, I mean, just the Vikings, the Packers guy have been to one Super Bowl with Rodgers. One. Like, think how difficult, like this shit is, Belichick, you know, Will Brinson had a great tweet, or maybe it was actually Zolak, because Zolak's on one. Because, you know, I guess for a long period of time, it was like, is Rodgers better than Brady? And I think even Brady once admitted, like, yeah, he can do things I can't do. Rodgers went to one Super Bowl. Tom went to nine. And just the Niners franchise, now it's different players, but, like, think Joe Staley's been to two. You know, it's a a short list. Did you hear, I mean, when you say that out loud, it's not even nine. it It doesn't make sense, but it... It's part, It's a big part of it was the the ugly years. You know, like, it was a tough couple years for the Packers. Like, a tough couple years. It wasn't like the fucking, they were the Browns. It was like the Niners turned into the Raiders for basically two years. And I, I'm a Raider fan. I'm not taking a shot. You guys had a rough 15 years. Like, this isn't, I'm not taking shots here. This is just a reality. Like, they were the laughing stock around here. You and I had a radio show at the time. It was everyone's take gun was loaded and it was firing dead at Jet because he fired Jim Harbaugh. I know they mutually departed, but it was a firing, right? Because remember, Harbaugh goes on record with Kawakami. He's like, I never, I wanted to stay, and it was mm-hmm. not, it was not an option. He, but he, I will say this just as an aside. He also knew 
public opinion was on his side. He, he could say that no matter how true it was, and I'm sure he would have. But it, yeah, it, he also knew he could incite the anger towards the organization. Let's just assume that it kind of was mutually departing, like they couldn't agree, whatever. It was just a very, very ugly time. Yeah. And then it was the Tom Sula thing was a was a league wide laughing stock. <laughs> it was as embarrassing. It was very Freddie Kitchens like. What didn't Freddie? Mm. Oh, they went six and ten this year. But if you just went like, what was the Browns' record this year? You'd be like three and thirteen. Yeah. What did Tom Sula do? Did, did, did he win a game? You'd be like, yeah, he actually won five. The next year with Chip was really really ugly. And then they didn't luck into Kyle because he was their second choice. But if Josh McDaniels had said, I'm coming, he would have been the head coach here. So it's just the dominoes that fell. And then the first two years of Kyle, it wasn't as ugly as anywhere near those first two years. You could kind of see. But I, you didn't see this. Like this was, I, I felt like Jed kind of washed the, the Harbaugh stink. Because it wasn't just he went to the Super Bowl, right? It's not some Cinderella story. It's Kyle kind of led him into the Super Bowl. Like his head coach is right. the star. Kyle's yeah. the- well, there's nothing fluky about it. No. And it's in a new stadium. I mean, the whole thing, right? It's all kind of come together. The stadium kind of came into its own. The playoff games were at home. And they had not, they didn't just go to the Super Bowl, John. They were utterly dominant. Well, they, f- um, they feel cool, right? They just feel the other, cool. Yeah, they feel cool, you're right. But the other part of this is, like, I think one thing that, that the post-Harbaugh era did, those few years, was this was a franchise that was judged on one thing and one thing only. We go to the Super Bowl. They were the first franchise to win five, right? We go to the, that's the stand the standard is not let's get competitive. The standard is not let's get people to believe again. The standard is not, hey, if we're just in the top half of the league and you know we can get people in butts and seats, that's good enough for it. the standard was historically we win the championship, and that's that's it. That's success. That's all we do. We don't even lose them. Then they go. And Eddie, they lose and Eddie it, was kind of like the it, George Steinbrenner, right? Just buying players, hard on coaches. Like, right. It was just crazy. But Harbaugh gets in there. They don't win it. But okay, it was like sustained success. Fine. You know, that they, they were at least kind of where they want to be. And... Um, and then it was, and then there was like this period of time where all they were trying to do was be re- just have some respect, get the grass fixed, get, get people to stop complaining about the heat and traffic and the fact that the stadium's not where it used to be. Like that was it. And uh, that, that's an underrated now they're line. now they're back to being good enough to where if they don't win the Super Bowl, it'd be like, God, I, I thought you were the best team in the league. Now the thing is, the Chiefs will get to them. They are freaking good. So I don't your throw I think your pick- throwaway trying to get the grass fixed was a throwaway line, but it has a lot of validity and substance behind it. Like that was a serious deal. They couldn't fucking field turf for like two years. Guy, it was a disaster. The stadium did the stadium take a lot of un you know un, unfair bullets, or did it kind of like? I don't think it was unfair. I think the the grass was a fucking problem for a couple years. I, look, I think it's something you got to weather, and it's just going to happen when you move. A, when first of all, you move a stadium. Yeah, right. You move a stadium by dramatic distance from where people liked it. So Even you got all these elements that you just, you know, I, like watching the game. You know, what I was thinking is when when Joe Lacob's basketball team is good, it'll be fine there too. And not that it's actually, I think probably been better yeah, than some I, people I, thought this he, year. He's not. He's not getting any heat really. <laughs> 
No, I don't know he's not getting heat. I just mean like there was this cons- there was this talk, right? Yeah. Is he he spent all this money? Is he be able to make his money back? Yes. Just be good. You'll make your you'll be fine. Or just um, sell the PSLs as Jerry told them all years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not really even about making the money. But it's the the point is just that the, where they're going, where Kyle is taking them is where this franchise belongs. It, it's just a reality like People like, Little Cuff, you're a homer! Now, again, I don't even think it's five people on Twitter. The reality with this franchise is they're one of the truly powerful brands in all of sports. And when you see them just kick ass, they just incite a shitload of people to get to their television. I tweeted this morning. You know last, the Minnesota game did a 33? Saturday at 1 o'clock. That's by far the biggest number this year. And, you know, pretty big. I would imagine this number is 45 to 50, given that mm. it was basically Sunday night football, right? And just an absolute ass whoop. It was kind of a party. It's the only thing in society now that can draw that many people in a market with almost 8 million people to one television. You know? And all, or I guess to multiple televisions or devices, but to all one watch channel. the same thing. Yeah. And it's just, that's the power of football, even more than I think the power of, of basketball and baseball is different because they get more games. But the, the, the 49ers are such a staple, I would say, just in this city because Joe, for Joe to match them, what Eddie did was for 20 years, for 20 fucking years, guy. And then even the Harbaugh three and a half years, it's one of the most unique three and a half years we've ever felt. And then all of a sudden, it's again, they're good. They don't feel like random good. They go, uh, do we have the best coach in the league? <laughs> like that's, that's the conversation you're saying. Most even good teams, like if you're a Viking fan, you got a pretty good team. You've been in the playoffs like four of the last five years. What are you thinking? Like, well, our quarterback sucks. Uh, our coach, pretty good, kind of a meathead, but he's kind of has a cap. And like, they're a really good franchise, right? They're a really good franchise. Like if you're a Vikings fan, you got a, you got a good fucking half decade where you're like, God, our team's been awesome. Probably doing huge ratings. Everyone wearing purple. It's just been a sweet... You got a bunch of sweet players. But you're just like, God, we don't look anywhere near like Mahomes or the 49ers. And it's... The the other just fact with the 49ers, kind of historical boom or bust franchise, but their booms are just Reggie Jackson moonshots, guy. Reggie Jackson moonshots. I was watching Super Bored Saturday night. You know what you realize once football season ends? Like, what the fuck am I supposed to watch? Like, I like that. The Super Board comes after the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's just, like, no even just random, like, Washington State-Oregon State game for me to watch at, like, 9 o'clock at night on Saturday night. Talking I'm about like, basketball? Uh, no, I'm, oh. I'm talking about football, guy. I thought you were talking about the Washington State-Oregon State well, basketball. But, but I watched that game. I, I'm oh. talking about it late <laughs> at night. I, I'm talking about late at night. Like, just yeah. a sweet, just, oh, Mike Leach is on. or yeah. you know, That's where YouTube comes into play. Yeah, well, I flipped on... The Jose Canseco documentary on Amazon, not great, but it, he did it like for the three years. Like the A's fans love to tell you, we used to get 60,000. Well, no, as Jose said, before me and Mark took off, they got 8,000 people. And when we left, it went right back down. But it was so powerful. Like that, people that are A's fans, fucking, they, they that 88, 89, 90, whatever little run they had is really powerful. And the Niners have had that, like, from 81 to 2000, then from 2012 to 2014, where you walked in and you went, we got the best fucking team. Now, you don't, it doesn't mean you always win it. And then right now. Like, that's, 
again, most franchises would sell their soul to have the quote-unquote best team over a 20-year stretch like twice, right? That's why the Patriots have been such an outlier. The Niners' level of dominance when they're good is just eye-opening. I mean, it's, it's, it's unique. It doesn't really happen. Because even you think about the Steelers, like, a big part of the Steelers' reputation, now they've sustained winning, kind of like a Vikings franchise, but most of their Super Bowls, when did they go to them, guy? In the 70s. Right? I mean, the Niners... Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Terry Bradshaw, refer- Bradshaw referenced one on the postgame, right? Reminded me of Chuck Knoll not letting me throw in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, his reference, if that was far, it'd be one thing. That's a guy that was... He might have been talking, we have to Google the box score. That might have been like 74. Could have been 72. Okay, it's 2020. Yep. Now, granted, they had a really rough 2000s. Anyone, luckily, you and I were in college. I think it probably makes it easier if you're in college than if totally. you're a high school kid or a working person living in the area and that's your yep. squad. Because you're in college, you're just... You're living in this little bubble of a world that I don't even think. It's just like, whatever, they suck. It, I, now, if you had been really young during that time and you're listening, and I know we, I get a lot of tweets from guys like, I'm in my early 20s, you, you felt that? Or if you're on our age or a little older, maybe you go, well, I, I had moved back in like 04 from fucking wherever, and it sucked. And I get that. <laughs> like, it sucked. Because it, it was basically like the Chip and Tom Sula years, but for like four or five straight years. Where if, and, and you were just... You, It'd be like being super rich. I've never been super rich. But whenever you read the stories about the super rich guy that loses it all, that feeling when you've been, not like had a little money, I'm talking been worth like millions upon millions of dollars and then have nothing. I can't imagine what that feeling's like. If you were like a 40-year-old Niner fan from 81 and you got to kind of be like, let's say you were 10 years old in 81, all the way through like 2001 when Mariucci left, I, I can't imagine what those next four or five years felt to you. If you experienced the whole thing, because that would have been like every year, it'd be like the equivalent of, if you're of a sports fan of making like $10 million. It's like, oh, oh, oh. And then some years would be like, you made $100 million. You're like, we just had the greatest team of all time? <laughs> like back-to-back Super Bowls? <laughs> you know, like, uh, we beat the Cowboys? <laughs> Oh, we're kind of going down. We got Terrell Owens. It's just like sweet shit's happening left and right. It was, it was, it's unprecedented in football. It's it's like the Patriots. If you were the equivalent of our age as a Patriot fan, whenever this ends, it is it's going to be tough. It's going to be very the first time guy post Belichick or even with Belichick they missed the Super Bowl. It'll be a state of depression. And that's, I think... Or miss the, yeah, or miss the playoffs. That's why I think makes the Niners thing pretty special is because you've kind of... The last, like, decade and a half has kind of been the ultimate roller coaster. The ultimate down from, like, Singletary dropping trow and just being a laughingstock to Harbaugh resurrecting the thing to all of a sudden having it ripped away from you, like, Cleveland Brown style. Yeah. To then now being back and being, like, is Kyle better than Jim? <laughs> like, and these are like real questions because I think we'd all admit he's a more dynamic coach than Jim. Now, Jim did get to now. Is Kyle going to win the Super Bowl? Jim got to three straight NFC Championship games, so I, th- I think it would be it would be childish to like diminish Harbaugh right now, right? 
Like, we'll see if Kyle can get back to multiple NFC championships. Like, can he get back to back to back like Andy? Well, now, I, I think, think that's what – yeah, that's what makes it unique. I think what you're saying is is since Mariucci, the Niners have only been – forget about Super Bowls. They've only been in the playoffs three times. This is the fourth time they've been in the playoffs since Steve Mariucci was the head football coach. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was ugly too. Dennis why, Erickson came after Steve Mariucci. That, that's why I, I don't even – I think These we, are the years you're talking about. That's why I think we're – we're a little numb to the 2000s because we were in college. And, so, you, and you just no, live in a different world in college. Yeah, no, you, I 1,000%. When you ask me about, like, the NBA Finals in 05, <laughs> I'm like, ah. Yeah. But, but if, you ask, if you, I asked you shit about high school, you'd be like, I remember watching this. Totally. Right? You know? so I do remember Derek Fisher's .2 second shot. That was. You over, remember little things, but you just, cons- you, your, your schedule is not the same. You're not living a real life. Maybe 03. 04, yeah. You agree but, you're not no, living you, a real life in college? I 1,000, especially when it comes to sports yeah if you're like how many football games did you go to your freshman year probably zero like it wasn't even even co- even my college i wasn't really that no. locked in on no but the point is even though it's been five years since they made the playoffs coming into this year it there's because i think we we watch kyle shannon and go this is not fluky this is him. like the the best thing they have is him it's not a basketball team with a star player it has nothing to do with the coach who's going to be a free agent it's the best thing they have is him, and so I think it feels like it's built to last, and that's why even though it's they haven't won double digit games since 2013, and like you repeated because I forgot a few times this year I've done math like oh it was six years ago, and I'm like oh that's hold on I got it's 20 years it's seven years you know whatever a particular yeah. thing is. I think part of why 13 and three feels like it's been success longer is because I think we've watched this coach for three years, the wins haven't come the previous two. But we've come out of those two years thinking he's a good football Wouldn't coach. Wouldn't you say of like what part of makes the Astros story such a big story is they were so fucking good? It was like, was that? Yeah, what but we they watched? were so good after they had been so bad, and this is the group that made them great. Yeah, and then it was like, was what we watched all kind of fake? I, I'm just trying to show you, like, I, I think it's because such a big story for them because anyone that just casually watched baseball heard about them. Watch them obviously in the playoffs. Watch them just hit bombs against everybody. It was just that's why to me that story resonates with so much people. Like, did what I witness and I fuck guy, I lost money on them. Actually, the Red Sox two years ago, but I I kind of look at the Red Sox for they cheating into the buzzer shit too. If I if it, like the Niners have been so good, like on an Astros level, if I told you all of a sudden there was a cheating scandal tomorrow that Jay Glazer broke, it would feel like so crazy because they've been did so dominant. Like part of what made the the Deflate Gate or uh, Spy Gate so powerful, it wasn't because like all oh, the Minnesota Vikings at ten and six got to the the random team did it. It was that the dominant team did it, and that's what the Niners to me it felt like all season long. It's just the elite of the elite, the elite of the fucking elite, and getting that. But what's crazy was there was this one Kryptonite team. It wasn't really that good, but when they played the Niners, it would have been like whoever Muhammad Ali's like toughest opponent was. I think I've read it was it was Foreman just because he hit so hard, right? Or I think it was Foreman. Who was whoever he fought the Rumble in the Jungle? The guy could just hit him hard, like the rope of dopes could just wear him down because he was such a hard striker. It wasn't Ken Norton Senior? No, I think, but I think he fought Foreman. Was it three times? Did he lose to Foreman? Don't quote me on that. A little before my time. Luckily, most people listening before their time too. But my point is that, like... The rumble was forming, though. The Niners, you know, it, it just took... I, I don't know. Like, could would Seattle... Like, maybe they were just destined to win the NFC. 
But when you look back, you went, really, it was, I learned who Dan Buns was, because, again, I was like three years old when that happened. Uh, not, not, I don't claim to be your, a Belichickian historian here, but they were a half inch away from this not being the path. It just shows right. you in sports how it really is the ultimate reality show, unless you're the Astros. I think, again, that's why it resonates so much. It's like, God, this is a real, unless it turns out like Kyle's bugging fucking the opponents, which seems <laughs> unlikely. Uh, I mean, they're kicking everyone's ass. It- Maybe they are. Maybe they are up to something. It's uh, that's what I'm saying. They're so good. If a story came out like crazy, like some, it would be so nuts, right? Because they're so good. Yeah. It it, um, it turns out looking back, right, that when now you just want to take a shot at the Astros too. Yeah, that's good. It turns out looking back that that maybe they won the NFC the day that the Saints lost to the Vikings, right? Because it felt like the Niners walked through the NFC. But they didn't play Seattle. They didn't play New Orleans. The two teams you didn't want to see. Like sometimes you got to have things go your way. For a team that had a bunch of injuries, those are things not going their way. To not have to play Seattle and not have to play New Orleans, um, I, I like it. Turns out the they won the soup. They won the they won the NFC the week that. I guess one of them was the week that they didn't even play the bye, when the Vikings won, and then Green Bay winning. Well, I think. Because it turns out the Green, we'll get to the game, but it turns out what they did to Green Bay Week One was—I mean, the first time they played Week Twelve was not a fluke. Well, you know, the, when the playoffs, when Wild Card Weekend happened, and then I guess actually next weekend too, the way everything broke, it's like the seas parted for the Niners and the Chiefs. Like it was just—it was their opportunity. Like they were getting in that bat with the pitcher they rake against in the big spot. Right, because the Chiefs, all of a sudden you look, you went, well, the Patriots are gone? Who just, I don't care how shitty they are, that's, you're viewing a Patriot team differently than the fucking uh, Titans. Tennessee Titans. I would just say, that, yeah. yeah. The Titans. And the Niners, if I would have said, instead of and then the Ra- And then the Ravens are gone? And the, and the Ravens are gone. All of a sudden it was like, Andy's got to do it. That's why I think when he was down 24 nothing, it felt like, oh my God, Andy, you have the fucking opportunity of a lifetime. And... The story wrote itself ever since. They scored, I don't know how many fucking points since. It was stupid. And same with the Niners, right? It was like, wait, the, the, the Saints are out of here? And then last weekend, Seattle's gone? We get fucking Minnesota and then the Green Bay team, which I think we all try to talk ourselves into. Like, anyone with common sense was like, you know what? There's the NFC Championship game. You use the cliche. It's always harder to beat a team twice, which I, that's fair. You should. But everyone kept getting back to like, God, that first game, man. That first game. And then you kind of look at the Packers' resume. Roger's like, we haven't lost since. And you're looking at the games, you're like, well, you beat the Lions by three. You know, you squeaked by the fucking Redskins. Yeah, you kind of kicked the Vikings' ass 23 to 10. But I just watched the Vikings. I don't even think they're that good. You're like, I watched it against Seattle. You kind of kicked their ass, but then they kind of came back. It was almost like, could this really be? Could this be? And then he just, it was clear early. Yeah, it is. (laughs) They're just better. It's like they're... Again, back to the Jose movie, kind of like Barry. Just when he was up, it was like, advantage him. Advantage him. Like, you're playing the Niners, especially at Levi's, like, advantage them. Yeah. They didn't have to travel. Think of, that is a big deal. Like, you kind of felt it in this playoffs, definitely with them. It's just, it's so much easier. Sleep in your own fucking bed. Go to the hotel. The routine. The Come out of your own locker room. Yeah, it's just... The comfort of everything—it's a—I really think you really feel it 
in this game, probably more than any. Like watching yesterday, the Packers flying out here, it's like, God, that's kind of a quick turnaround. But, I mean, what were they going to do? Stay three days out here? It's kind of a weird deal. Just really hard to win. Just close your eyes and think like non-Patriots. How many teams win the NFC or AFC Championship game on the road? It just, it's rare. That's why I think it was so hard for the Chiefs last year. And Mahomes talked about it. Like, I dreamed about this day since last year. Dreamed about this day. Niner fans, you couldn't even... You would have been the ultimate kind of extreme homer, like drop an NFC Championship game in like July this year, right? Right. Well, I, yeah, but I did. I do think, if we're honest, and I and I could just kind of look back, we did start to broach that as two as two people that did not think they were that level. Like I didn't come into the year thinking they were going to win the division. Um, but I think we started talking about whether or not this team was good enough. By, by you know, in September, it was just like, well. If you watched the NFL by late September, you just kind of looked around and went, "So who are the great teams here, right?" And it just yeah. By, that's by, by it the time crossing by the, our mind. by the time the season, wouldn't you say definitely by like mid to late October, it was clear this team was going to be something to be reckoned with. Yeah, but that's, it, that's probably more fair. Early October. Yeah, I would say by the time like the Seattle game was coming around, you realize this team was a real deal. And even when they lost that, I just remember thinking like, "God, they're pretty fucking good." And then we, we definitely knew the following couple weeks, right, when they beat Green Bay, they went toe-to-toe with Baltimore, and they won at New Orleans. Then it was clear, like, this team can win the NFC. But I also think we started doing the math. That was part of what, like, in late, early October, because they beat Cleveland. They blow Cleveland out on Monday Night Football, back when we thought Cleveland might be good, right? Well, then they go to the Rams, and they beat the Rams 20-7. So they're 5-0. and And then you just start doing the math. You're like, all right, now they play Washington. They play Carolina. They play Arizona. And then they play... Seattle, if you can get through that three and one, then you're going to be eight and one, which is exactly what they did. I, you know what, I would say up and we'll see how the Super Bowl plays out. Obviously, kind of like LSU team, I would imagine they have an elite fan base, right, and a, a special history. But they had kind of been down for three or four years, like really down, like just something was missing, and not down like 49er down. But then they have this perfect team. And by like midseason, you're talking yourself into it. You're talking yourself into it. Now they might be a little crazier, but there had to be the common sense LSU fans. Like, is this too good to be true? Is this too good to be true? Is this too good to be true? Because sometimes when what, the Patriots don't say that, right? The Yankees don't say that. The Astros stop saying that. Well, Kevin Durant Warriors stop saying that. But that first Warriors year, everyone was like, is it when you have a new group of players and a coach that's never done it? It's just it's just normal to ask yourself that. Or your program hasn't done it in college. Like, Duke, Duke people don't ask that, right? Uh, Gonzaga doesn't like, are, are we really good enough to make the Final Four? No. You just think, yeah, we're fucking probably going to make, we're going to, we got a good team to make the Final Four. The Niners, now you're at the point, like, we can win the Super Bowl, clearly. But I felt like you talk to everyone, just casual people, like, the Niners are better than the Packers. But it's the NFC Championship game. But it can't be that easy. It's just human nature. Like, if this would have been the equivalent of a Patriot team, we all would have thought they were going to beat the shit out of them, right? If the yeah. Patriots had been the Niners this whole season, we would have been like, right. they would be a lock Super Bowl. They would be, right. they could be playing this Niners team, and they would be a five or six point favorite, right? If, if the fifteen and three Niners were playing a fifteen and three Patriots that looked the same, they would be a big favorite. Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs are favorite, they would be favorite. I just got a text, buddy. Put two hundred and fifty dollars in July for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. 
at like wow. thirty five to one. It pays eighty seven hundred dollars. And his wow. his question was like, "Do I hedge?" Now my question, my response is always, "I fundamentally disagree with hedging." Though four grand is a lot if you can split it, but if you're to me, I understand hedging if you have like a fifty thousand dollar bet, like some of these big money guys. Right. But right. to me, if your loss is only two hundred fifty dollars, I what's the high of the bet? Right. Especially you are a Niner fan. Yeah, I mean, the question is like, do you pay off a student loan with $4,000? he doesn't need the money. So then you go for the high. Yeah. To me, if like you had put $5,000 on it. I mean, it's easy for me to say. But I do think think Haberman would hedge. I don't think I would. I say it's easy for me to say, but I don't think I would. Because to me, $4,000 is a lot of money. I think $8,000 feels like... Okay, so nine thousand yeah. dollars feels to me like significantly more than forty five hundred. Especially when what you're risking, the two hundred fifty is not a big deal. Cause at forty five hundred you either you do some stuff with it or you just put it away. At nine at nine thousand, you can do some stuff with it and put some money away, right? Yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can you can get a brand new recliner, a sweet sound bar, and still put away six grand. To me though, also, the high of winning that is I didn't do the taxes on that, but Okay, well, guy, you don't pay taxes when you get with the right people. <laughs> you, you, uh, I don't win, so I don't, I don't ever have that problem. Yeah, it's just uh, be a highly bet Super Bowl. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's, you know, I think my overall feeling right now, John, on Sunday night is, on one hand, I can't believe it, but on the other hand, this goes back to something I said on the last podcast. When you just watch them and just accept what you know to be true within a given season, it's not surprising at all. They've looked like the best team for the longest part of the season, I think. Guy, they won the NFC Championship game by 17 points. Their quarterback's box score was 6 of 8. 6 of 8. 6 of 8. Their Hall of Fame tight end had one catch. If I had told you George Kittle has one catch last week, what would you have said? I, well, I guess I don't even know how I would have comprehended it, but if you would have said they were through for 77 yards, you'd have been like, well, they're not getting blown out because it would be impossible, right? They would throw for more. Yeah, Maybe they just have if a huge you, lead and they just run the ball. If you told me he had eight pass attempts, then I'd say either he threw eight interceptions and they just never had the football. Or he got hurt. Well, okay, but yeah, that is something. he got I hurt. Yeah, well. Guy, they ran for 285 yards. This feels like a Nevada Reno team with fucking Kaepernick, Chris Alt, and Vitaya. Yeah, whenever Vitaya, when everyone's talking about good knowledge, when everyone's like talking that? about they had three 1000 yard rushers on that team. Hashtag the whack. Three 1000 when everyone's talking about no one knows how to stop this thing. You know what's great? What, you know what's great and I mean, we've talked about this before. I, I know Coward did a good rant on this the other day like what really makes football special? And in this game specifically, they the star of the game. If I, I think maybe they have an MVP of the game, it's not like it really gets talked about. But like Raheem Mostert wasn't just an undrafted free agent. Like multiple people were tweeting, he had been cut like six or seven times from various teams: the Browns, the Eagles, uh, other teams cut him. Do you know that he signed? I saw someone say that he just signed because the Niners liked him so much as a core special teams player and a backup. Like a three-year eight point. It was Marcus Riley, former Fresno State Bulldog, three-year eight point six million dollar contract this season. Think about that. 
the dude that just ran for 220 yards, the 49ers side, just because they liked him, and you see him up on stage with his daughter, clearly a high-level guy. He's like the best gunner in the league. He ran for 220 yards. Like, that's not even possible. I guess in baseball, maybe later drafted guys become stars, but not someone that gets cut off like six teams that then becomes like a staple. Seven teams. Seven teams, guy. Seven teams. And then Emmanuel... Or seven times, so maybe the same team twice. Yeah, the same happens. team. It definitely happened the same team twice. Emmanuel Mosley. Here's my tweet. Not verbatim, but I've been watching the NFL now for 10 plus years getting paid to talk about football players. Either with a team or in the media. I think Emmanuel Mosley is the best undrafted free agent corner. Like, there are certain positions like guards. You see undrafted free agents. Running backs. Like, Mozart's not in a world class by himself because of the way he started. We see that happen with running backs all the time. We don't see it at corner. Most teams, their defensive backfield is all drafted. Look, look at the 49ers. Sherman, really an all-time outlier, like fifth rounder, Hall of Famer. Kwaski Tart, second rounder. Jimmy Ward, first rounder. Uh, Quan Williams, pretty sure was drafted. Akella Weatherspoon, third rounder. I mean, and Quan's not even a starter. I mean, technically he's a nickel, but just th- that position doesn't just have randoms, guy. That's not the way it works. And this guy was an undrafted free agent. Quan was undrafted too, but he's a little older. Oh. That's another one. I, I don't know. I think Kyle was. K1. K- I always call him Quan. K1. I know. The, but now that, now that Quan's back, we have to. That is true. Kyle actually, I'll give him credit. Raheem Mostert and mm-hmm. K1 were with the Browns the year he was there. So, like, are they on this team randomly? Because no. the Niners signed him in 2017. Does Kyle know? Like, I kind of like going against this guy in practice. Is he thinking yep. that? Because here's another he thing. He probably knows he just knows he's fast as hell. Well, the Cleveland Browns, 15. He did not. He wasn't in the NFL in 2016. Think about that. No team. So, like, Kyle, this him and Lynch, they hit a lot of fucking the right buttons here, guy. Uh, Raheem Mostert. Has the second Mozart. He earns the nickname more with every week. Second most rushing yards in a playoff game. Only Eric Dickerson on January 4th, 1986 had more. 248. He's the first player in NFL history to run for 200 yards and at least four touchdowns in a playoff game. Incredible accomplishment. He's, I mean, is he either starting running back next year? I mean, that, you know. I don't even know what that means. They've had three starting running backs this year, but yeah, I mean the one thing you would say about him, you're like, oh, he's a system fit. It's Kyle. All that stuff might be true, but he is fast as hell, and he runs hard as shit. I mean, the tackles he breaks, because guy, he can't wiggle. Like he has no wiggle. It's all just foot in the ground and go. And when he goes, he goes. Like you say, he's hauling ass. Consistently, guys are taking bad angles on. Yeah, him. Take, you I, that? I think because yeah, speed creeps up on guys. Whatever it is, you watch him and you go, yeah, this is one of the best running backs in the league. If you just brought some random guy. Because every game that he plays well, he looks like an all-star level player, does he not? Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's just a good rotational NFL guy. It's like, is he the Niners' best player? When he's good, he dominates. This is the smile on his face with the daughter in his hands. Like, obviously for, for Kyle and John, all the hard work. But if you're Raheem Mostert, you just in the NFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl, 
had 29 carries, 220 yards, and four touchdowns. Like how? It, I know he's got the Super Bowl, and I know everyone's like, we got one more to win. How do you just you just take tonight and just kind of smile? I mean, how, are, are you just in heaven but on earth for a short period of time? Like it just doesn't get any better than that. Like there's nothing, there's nothing in the media profession. Maybe if like, Fox asked you to like call a Super Bowl that day when you had asked to call the Super Bowl, but you wouldn't feel that way after the call. You know, you just, I mean, it'd be a big deal, but you're not like. Is it good? Are my, are my DMs popping? Yeah, but I mean, what is that? Like there's, to me, I, I would say the bigger moment would be when you got the opportunity to do it, when you were told. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think there's an equivalent in the media because there's not a box score. Like this guy, yeah. this guy did it. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe. Obviously, you call it fucking Super Bowl or whatever. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to diminish your future accomplishments, but it's just in the history of the sport, guy. Like you just said, it doesn't. It just doesn't get any better than that. Like we're talking about in the history of because you said playoff games. This, mm-hmm. I'd say, the NFC Championship game is a little different in the first two rounds. While they are important, right? This one is just if he runs and at, like, ho- at home too is just. Feels special. You could argue if he just if he has like half this game. What if he just goes for 110, 20 carries, two touchdowns in the Super Bowl? Is he a Super Bowl MVP if the game's well, like twenty five? Yeah, 20? I mean because it's one of the, it's not like the quarterback like you said was six of eight. So there's not really any debate who the most. It's not like the quarterback was thirteen of seventeen. He was six of eight. It's easy to say that of most teams in the last twenty years, Jimmy has got to be one of the more hit or miss Super Bowl MVPs. He could do it, but he could easily not do it. I would say it'd probably but, be but an upset I, if he did do it, right? But here's what to me what's unique about it is you telling me he doesn't do it doesn't really tell me anything about the game. No, it doesn't me mean does anything. It, like if you tell me if you tell me Mahomes is not the MVP, that tells me something. Yes, I agree. Um if I tell you but, Mahomes is the MVP, do the Chiefs win? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess we kind of know. That's it's tough because like the MVP doesn't come isn't the losing team isn't getting the MVP, but I think you guys get the point. Is that a rule? I don't know if it's a rule, but I mean, yeah, how is it not it, it's, a r- yeah, it's, rule? It's the point of the game is to win the game. Yeah. The NBA Twitter would say, doesn't matter. Losing player can get it. The, the MVP. Didn't it happen one time in hockey? Like the other goalie got it, remember? Uh, well, you know, he stood on his head, John. Yeah, he stood on his head. Really standing on his head. Before we get into the Niner Packer game, because that game is just crazy in and of itself, I think we deserve some reflection. Let's tell the people... That this podcast is brought to you in part by LinkedIn. Great to have LinkedIn on board. If you're a business owner looking to grow your business, LinkedIn can help you find the right hires that can set you up for a strong year. As people that have worked with people, we know having the right people in the right roles is critically important. Just watch the 49ers. It's everything. LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs. Screens candidates with the hard and the soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Yep, guy. Uh, that's how LinkedIn makes sure the job post is seen by the people you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person guy on LinkedIn is hired every eight seconds. What? Every eight seconds. And why companies rated LinkedIn jobs the number one hiring platform guy? Delivering the quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash ham. Again, that's linkedin.com slash ham to get a $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. 
I, I think uh, talking to the LinkedIn people, one thing that's uh, critically important, John, one thing that gives LinkedIn jobs the edge over other uh, board sites is that LinkedIn has the algorithm that reaches passive candidates. That means people that aren't even actively applying for jobs, you can headhunt, track them down, pick them off somebody else's practice squad, and put them in the role that they belong in. Yeah, it's that companies are built on the people inside them. That's right, John. Uh, it, this this company is built on you, the listener, and we appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Not, not on us. Uh, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code HAM in the numeral one. Uh, they've got the fastest payouts, the best promotions, very helpful 24-7 customer service team. And right now, they will match your first deposit 50% up to 1000 bucks. If you should choose, you can also decline the deposit. But HAM1 is the promo code at mybookie.ag. What do we got? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I... For some, maybe I was reading the line the whole time wrong. I thought I kept reading it, Niners minus one. But this line, you were right. We talked before the podcast, and I might have said this on it. The, the Chiefs were, I think it started at one. They were minus one. And, right. and now they're up to one and a half. How many times this season, guy, could you get this Niner team, you get a point and a half, and you can get a money line just one to one. You bet $500, you win $500. Typically with the Niners, like today, in this game today, minus seven and a half, it was like you had to bet two hundred eighty dollars to win a hundred. I mean, it was they were such big under or favorites. It's pretty nuts, man. I if if the Niners had been the equivalent of a team that had been good for a while, like if they were Seattle or the Packers or something, I, I think this line would be different. I, I do think that this newness and just this unknown, even though this year they're known, I, I think that's factors in. Obviously, Mahomes has been doing it a little longer. Now, you could argue just the team in the Super Bowl with the best quarterback should just probably be favored. Maybe that's how I was looking at it. Like, I just wonder, people outside the Bay, would you bet on the Chiefs right now? I would take the Niners. Now, I I think I have more than appropriate fear from a Niners standpoint of Pat Mahomes. Like, I look at this game. If you told me you think it's a coin flip, uh, I'd buy it. But to me, the Niners have... You could you could convince me you would just take the underdog in this game. Honestly, you would just take whoever the underdog is, just because they have like, good value. Do, yeah, that's yeah. What I'm saying. But but we're not talking about three points here. We're talking about one and a half. So uh, maybe that's not the greatest strategy. But just on a basic level, I just I think I'd feel more regret if I bet against the team with the better defense in this game, and that's the 49ers. Will I mean it's kind of crazy, John D Ford? Like we talked about this whole thing here. D Ford, Super Bowl Chiefs, didn't want him. That is pretty nuts. They got some good. I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah, game, I mean, but... guy, this is the last game of the year to gamble on NFL wise. We're done. Now the good thing with my bookie, they got the Premier League and the NBA and all that. Yeah, so. golf. I mean, we got a lot of other stuff to gamble on, but I'm saying the last football game. This is the last yeah. football game. I know. Well, when is the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl this year? Does do they still plan it? I don't know. Are, are they still playing it? Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.